0: Howdy friends, it's time for another episode of Second Cup. It's me, your host, Tim Heller. Our wonderful guest today, all the way from across the pond, is Nikki McReynolds. Nikki is a budding, aspiring, passionate, and keen voiceover artist with a difference. She understands business, which will become abundantly clear to you as we move through our conversation. Nikki has done a lot, and done a lot, very, very well at a very high level. Now it is time to top off your beverage, get comfy, and enjoy this episode of Second Cup with my friend, Nikki McReynolds. Thank you for taking the time out of your afternoon to to hang out with me for a little bit here on Second Cup. Thank,
1: and thank you for the intro. I'm just gonna open my blinds because it I look kind of dark. I'll oh, maybe better. Because you look so bright. Yeah, I've <laughs> got
0: all the nerdy shit in here to to make me look ah, better. So it's I've got fantastic. a couple of lights in here and and yeah, I've got to yeah. But um so uh obviously um you have a we have a lot to talk about today. Yes. Um But really quick, before um, we jump into all of that, can you just give a a little bit of an intro to who you are, where you're at, what you do?
1: Sure. So if you haven't told from the accent, um, I was born in Northern Ireland uh, and I moved over to London in 1994. I came over for an interview with La Senza Lingerie, which is actually a an American North American company. Mm. And they were setting up in the UK. And I got offered the job with the interview. So I went back to Ireland, packed up and, and came over. And I came over in September with the view to... Um, I think the way I get through big challenges is, in life is I always tell myself, you've got choices and nothing's forever. So I said, I'm only going to stay until Christmas. And here I am. It's now uh, 29 <laughs> years later. Christmas of
0: 2050. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but I, you know, all through my career, I've always had uh, my, my kind of one big vision or goal or something that I've that I always wanted to achieve. Was I always felt like I needed to have purpose. So every step I made and every move I, t- I took while I was over here, I had to make sure that I was adding value wherever I was. Um. So I spent 20 plus years in business and marketing, uh, worked on some fantastic brands, Wella Haircare, Remington, uh, Russell Hall, which is a domestic electrical appliances, uh, some and some kind of health and beauty products as well, So and fragrances. So I have a really lovely, lovely background of brand management and product development up to the board of directors level, which was always the holy grail for me. I... Mm. I set off my career thinking I really want to be a director of a company. And then I just thought, you know what, scrap that. I want to be on the board of directors. And so I worked really hard and I took every opportunity that came my way. And I I got onto the board at Spectrum. Spectrum owns Remington and Russell Hobbs. And that was fabulous because at that time I was the only female on the board. Um, So it was quite a big, big achievement. So I was very, very proud of that. and after being on the board for about a year, a bit over a year, I realised that, um, okay, I've done that now, what's my next big challenge? And I think I always had this entrepreneurial streak from being a really a young child. And so I think I always had a business in me. Um, and I really believe that messages come to you when you need them. And at this time, when I was making this decision, right, I really think I need to make a break and, and, and change direction. A lot of my friends were having children and and the kind of the narrative was. We know that nurseries are expensive, but we just can't find a good nursery. So I had this aha moment thinking, right, okay, and there aren't enough nurseries around, there still aren't enough nurseries around. So I thought, well, society has already accepted the fact that nurseries are expensive, so I don't have to be cheaper. I just have to do something better and something that's really good. So then the nursery was born. So I set up my first company, Nikki's Nurseries, and uh, and set up and set up the nursery. And it was in a a, a lovely town called Waybridge in Surrey, which was which is a fantastic. It's it's a very young town. It's got a young vibe to it. Young couples, you know, first homes, first children. Um, and it's a commuter town into London, so it's perfectly pitched. It was on the high street, and I grew it from not to, I had 130 children by year five on rule. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, but you know, that that probably made that sound really easy. It was hard. I was thinking
0: this whole time, like of all the businesses to start, a nursery seems like it has so many, loops and flaming flaming hoops to jump through and Mm. and and the level like the the risk level is incredibly high because it's other people's children
1: (laughs) and that's it and that's 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 absolutely it um so yeah i mean i i i probably make that sound really easy but it was difficult and i hit a very well um I think that the the difficulty I had was I felt very vulnerable through the whole journey because I was really, I had 30 staff, 30 um, nurses and support staff. And I was very vulnerable in uh, kind of depending on them to have their best day every day. And that's not normal. You know, we are human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, And the one thing that can really destroy your business is your Ofsted inspection. And, Ofsted is the uh, the body that police and regulate childcare in the okay. UK, and not just in nurseries, but in schools as well. Um, and there was a, a recent story in the news here a couple of months back where a school, uh, head of school, had um, unfortunately taken her own life. Um, and it was in relation to the stress that... The, the policing and the regulation can put you under as a as a provider. Um and yeah, so obviously there's a monopoly and um and and what they say goes basically. Mm-hmm. So I hit a point in the nursery journey where um one little thing had gone wrong. And I got a I didn't get a very good Ofsted inspection, which broke my heart because I put my whole life and soul into it. You know, my flat was up as collateral. I borrowed money off the bank, borrowed money off my mum. And and yes, anyway, you know, um, I, with the grace of God, found some inner strength and came back fighting and, and turned it around with um, a really good management team behind me. So my role was the business side, the, uh, the legalities of it, managing the stakeholders, um, invoicing, marketing, all of that. Uh, and I had a really good manager at the time, Jenna, give her a shout out, who um, was responsible for the complete provision and making sure that the quality was was really high, that we were delivering for the children and for the parents. So Ofsted returned, and we got a good with outstanding features, which <laughs> was phenomenal. And then we were on the up, and that's when we really built the nursery together as a team, and we we were full we had a waiting list we had a fantastic Ofsted inspection um and I would got to the point where the parents were doing the marketing so they were oh, recommending the, the nursery the best
0: marketing is word, word of mouth that's uh, yeah and that, and that and was always social media has, ha, have been the two as, things that have booked me the most work
1: yeah absolutely and you know there are lots of I think there's lots of lots of cons with social media but there's definitely lots of pros if it's mm-hmm. on your side yep. and you can and you can make it work so then I just got to the point where I I remember calling my mum and saying do you know what mum I think this is the best this is ever going to be I'm full I've got a waiting list I'm I've got a growth strategy uh, the building's looking fantastic I've got an amazing Ofsted I've got parents that are singing praises I think it's time to sell and and that's what. That's what I did. I went to three different brokers. Um and yeah, so I sold just before COVID and wow. you know how how lucky and yeah. how grateful. I mean because I think yeah.
0: That's I mean, divine timing with with all of it, it sounds like is that Absolutely. it's all really incredibly worked in your favor. And something mm-hmm. I'd like to touch on before we jump into your uh newest career venture that you're mm-hmm. doing um mm-hmm. is two things about building a business because it's stuff that I'm kind of learning on the fly as as since I've started in in the voiceover world and and looking at like in coming up through my my backgrounds in in musical theater live performance and TV film and um you know in in school here it, they're always saying you know you are your own product like you're the product you have to market yourself you have to you know treat yourself as your your own business and And I think that that's true, but when I, I didn't really like get it, get it until I moved into the voiceover world and I, and I saw more regular numbers and I could see things and manipulate things and see a direct effect in in terms of that. And I'm a huge, I love numbers and and formulas and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. And so the thing that I'm I'm starting now, as things are growing out of just voiceover and growing more into the marketing side and doing more of um, like production and 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 branching out, and it's all stuff that's just kind of fallen in my lap that I've said yes to and we'll figure out on the fly. Is is that investment of like okay, cool? Like I am going through a phase right now where I'm having to spend a lot to get things mm-hmm. done the way that I need them done and and done by other people because I don't have that that bandwidth. So how is that? What is that experience like? Because I've I listened to a couple different business podcasts, and, and and one in particular talks a lot about like, oh, yeah, you know, we hear all the time that people max out their credit cards or take out another mortgage on their home or, or borrow money from their parents to, to do these things. What is that decision making process like? And what does that feel like emotionally? Because I imagine it feels like a heavy metal ping pong match in your head of like, this is going to work. And like, I don't need to sell anybody on this because it it is just this beautiful idea that I know will return. And then mm. also the other side of the table of, oh God, <laughs> like this is now, this is not just me. This is other people's mm. money and this is other people's yeah. livelihood.
1: Yeah, uh, gosh, that's a tough one because if I think about, when I think about investment, I don't think about the finances i think about the investment in terms of the sacrifice that i made i made a lot of sacrifices but we'll park that talking about the the investment side um the nursery business model is quite an interesting one because you you invoice at the beginning of the month so all you get all your money in at the beginning of the month all your parents fees then you know where you are and you mm. know how to so in terms of managing your cash flow it becomes a little bit easier but when you're on the cusp and you know there were weeks that I was I remember looking at the bank balance and there was 200 pounds and I had to run the business and feed all the children and you know blah 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 with you know on on peanuts and there's there's ways of managing in which in terms of managing your cash flow so I'm one of these people traditionally if I get an invoice in, I pay it right away because I hate owing money. Mm-hmm. But you learn to not, you learn to hold on to that invoice until yeah. the last day. And so it's things like that. I think the the the, the biggest frustration for me was um I didn't factor into my cash flow breakages, <laughs> and there were a lot, um, and this constant need to replace resources and constantly keep the nursery fresh um, and then aside to that I had a, a full repair lease uh, contract which meant that I was fully responsible for the building and I didn't own it um, and it was old and you know I had to like repair chimney pots and windowsills and was constantly painting to keep it all fresh so there were lots of things that really sucked money out of my out of my cash flow and um, and now as a voiceover artist i'm so in in relation to what you're just saying it's a very very different thing it's a very different thing to try and um justify i guess because the investment is now in me which is very very different i always mm-hmm. saw the investment in the nursery as investing in the children they were always my priority and my staff of course looking after my staff um
0: And the cash flow in voiceover is not always a flow. It's sometimes it's a trickle and sometimes it's just like a breeze (laughs) and there is no. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But yeah, no.
1: Yeah. And absolutely. And so how long have you been doing it, Tim? And what, what do you think is your, is your biggest thing that you've really tried to adjust to or get your head around?
0: Um, I I mean, it's always going to be the uncertainty and impatience for me is are the two Mm -hmm. things that are most exciting and also most stressful about about all of this is that Uh it it is a roller coaster. And so Uh you're gonna have these high highs, these low lows, and it's learning how to navigate it. And also while navigating an industry that's constantly changing and the voices they're looking for are constantly changing. And then the genres Uh are, you know, it's, uh, so I've been doing it for about five years now. And Uh it's, you know, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of it. I just went to uh, VO Atlanta, at the end of March, and that was so eye-opening and and so mm-hmm. valuable. And talk about investing in yourself in terms of spending that kind of to see how many people showed up at that conference and invested in themselves because it's not easy financially to go. It's I mean for most people it's it's you know it's probably the whole weekend it could cost fifteen hundred to two thousand wow. um, dollars wow. between the ticket to the conference, the hotel, and then food while you're there and, and any other extra classes you want to take could easily, take it into like a, a couple grand. Um, wow! But yeah, it's the, the impatience and the uncertainty.
1: Yeah. So when I, when I sold the nursery and so I, I've kind of got a little bit of training on, um, on freelance because I'm a, I've I decided then to take all of my experience of building brands and my experience of setting up a business and kind of pull it all together. And then, giving it out to people who need it basically so um and that's pretty much that's freelance that has its ups and downs as well so kind of coming into the voiceover world i feel a little bit prepared for the ups and downs but of course it's a completely new industry and it's a i'm now learning to market myself rather than market my business which is really weird yeah (laughs) and it's really weird and when i get testimonials through whether it's video or and you know i, I say to my friends i really should put this on linkedin because it's really good but oh gosh i feel a bit you know it's that kind of imposter syndrome which we we all struggle with and and promoting ourselves is difficult it just doesn't feel natural i think to mm-hmm. to me anyway
0: yeah and something that um Somebody said at the conference, uh, I think it was Donovan Kornitz and he's the voice of the Today Show is I think probably one of his more most recognizable things. He does BET awards and a ton. He's like a a big, a big voice in in our world. And um, he was saying, you know, like on LinkedIn, like that's that's where you need to brag about yourself because nobody like anybody who's looking at you and thinking like, oh, God, they're bragging is insecure about whatever they're doing or not more so Mm. what they're not doing. Mm. And it is so important to be able to go and as soon as he said that like the next day i looked on linkedin and i saw an exponential increase in the requests i had from people to connect on there and the amount of people and voice actors specifically posting on linkedin and sharing what they had done and some of my friends like that i know through social media that we met for the first time there, posting these incredible gigs that i'm like why wouldn't you share that Mm. like the Mm. voice of a uh, shout out to Ted Evans. I he's in L.A. and a wonderful guy, and has done a lot of really amazing work. Um, and and just seeing him share a post about like a NASCAR spot that he did, and I'm and it's like a really great promo spot. And I had never seen him post on LinkedIn before. I'm like
1: Ted, come that's on, amazing. Man.
0: So it's I would encourage you to do it. I feel weird about social media too. I have a love hate relationship with it because it's how I've grown my business uh, to where it is now, and it's and it's fun but it also like there are like recently especially i've been feeling like i really just wish i could not not do it (laughs) it's just the pressure of like auditioning running a business running a couple different small businesses and then like oh shit i have to make content too and it's uh yeah but it's important
1: yeah it is important but i think the thing with social which i find is i have to be really strict i have to say right I'm going to spend the next hour on LinkedIn and Instagram Mm -hmm. and that's it. And you've got to draw the line because all of a sudden you're, you can suck in so much of your life. But I, the thing that the LinkedIn, the the, the self-promotion thing actually is something it's quite interesting and something I'm very self-aware of and really trying to shift my mindset. Um, And I think when I see people that are promoting themselves, all I do is applaud them. I think, wow, that's amazing you've got that addition right. amazing that's great so then i think well people are probably thinking the same about me so i have to just get out of that it's like mm-hmm. oh just you know you're showing off
0: change it out and and it's yeah it's easier said than done but i think yeah. it's just if you can set it and forget it you just know like okay cool this may feel gross for about five minutes but i'm going to put it out there i'm not going to delete it and just leave it mm-hmm. and and then you'll see that your community really yeah. comes comes to your side
1: yeah so, absolutely
0: Let's I'd love to hear more about the, the decision to go into voiceover specifically from at from your background in branding and marketing, building these companies and then and mm-hmm. the nursery. What was that? Mm-hmm. How did this come into play? And and just take me through that process.
1: Yeah, somebody said to me yesterday um, it was my friend Nadia who said, uh, you know, you actually have five career changes in your life apparently so I'm on my third like you know off on a tangent kind of bizarre but um for years people have people have been telling me I've got a great voice and I've and I think when I was younger I hated it I hated when you know you you hear your voice on a on your voicemail or when somebody recorded you and I always hated it but I kind of thought in the back of my mind and it's the same thing when I was setting up the nursery. Messages come to you when you need to hear them. And this happened about probably this time last year. And I see people kept saying to me, Gosh, you've got a great voice. And I was thinking, like, No, I haven't. But I then, around September time, I thought, Do you know what? I'm going to ask somebody who's an expert in this and see: Do I have a good voice? Like, is this something? Because crikey, how amazing would that be if I could make money from my own voice? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a no-brainer. So, um, I spoke to a friend called Lizzie, who's been in the voiceover industry for about six years, and she's fantastic. She's very cool, got a great voice. And um, I did a foundation course with her to just work out, okay, what, what is, what's the industry all about and how do I, how do I kind of get some traction? And she said, for the record, you've got a good voice. So she said, but if I really recommend you get some coaching, I like don't just go out there and do voiceover work. So I invested. There's my tiny little studio my gik acoustic panels i love panels. shout out to
0: gik i've got i've got them oh I had that they're amazing set up. you do i had got two of those and now yeah, I, I took them I apart and they're all over my studio now they're, oh, they're great i love them and they're they are, my wife loves them because they don't look like the foam that you buy on amazon yeah <laughs> they're no. so aesthetically pleasing and um, really
1: lovely and lovely yeah. designs and lots of colorways um and so I, I invested in all of this, and she said, "Go get some coaching." Uh, the best person in the industry in the UK is Tanya Rich Richcraft.
0: I know of, I know of Tanya. My friend uh Henry is—he works with her a lot. Henry Willard.
1: Henry Willard, and he does video, doesn't he? Yes, we're yep. we're connected on on LinkedIn. Um, and so I embarked on my Richcraft journey, and I'm coached by Tanya, Alicia, Bob, and Greg. And it's been a journey. It's been fun. And I have learned so much. Who knew? Who knew how how, how it's a real profession. And there, you know, it takes an expert to really deliver a paragraph in a really engaging way. And yeah. I've learned so much, so, so much. So I'm still being coached. Um, and I think the coaching will be ongoing. I think as a continual learner myself i commit to always learning whether it's in personal development whether it's in the mentoring and 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 the voiceover as well so i'm always in workshops jumping on any training that i can get paid or unpaid i think it doesn't matter it's all an investment as we said um and at the end of march i got my reels done nice. so my commercial and uh corporate reels, and, and they i'm sound not sure
0: fantastic i checked them out oh this morning well, before we jumped on so that thank anybody you listening so to this should definitely go check out much. nikki's website and it is what nmrvoices.com .com. and take you're so
1: kind you're so kind thank you very much and somebody said gosh you've got a voice like velvet so i thought oh, wow what a oh, tagline branding. do you know what yeah <laughs> brilliant and it didn't cost me anything i didn't have to pay a huge amount of money for that So, um, and yes, my reels were done by Rich uh, O'Donoghue at IO Audio, who is brilliant as well. He's fantastic. So, yeah, so that's where I am. And I I I feel like I can't focus on anything until the marathon on Sunday. Yeah. And then I go skiing next week is my post-marathon treat.
0: Amazing. Where are you going skiing?
1: I'm going to Teens, and apparently they've had fresh snow, because it's really high. It's like 2,000 plus. Do you ski, Tim?
0: Uh, yeah, I snowboard.
1: Of course you board. Of course you board.
0: <laughs> All the cool people board. There's a cool guy shredding the gnar on a board over here yeah. <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> great well, skiing.
1: Oh, well, you know, skiing or snowboarding, I think it's 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 just great fun. Yes. And I've been doing it for well properly for about five or six years and I kind of cruise the blues I'm really comfortable yep, on the same. blues and I'm happy happy on the reds if I'm with a couple of people who are really good skiers because you know I tumble <laughs> don't we all <laughs> I have a few tumbles <laughs> um but I love the apres ski I love I and mean, of course doesn't everybody but I just love I love the spirit I love the ambience a perfect and again day I
0: th- is waking up at like 530, 6, getting to the slopes. Like first thing, you're out, like one of the first hundred people on the mountain, and then you're oh. done by like one or two, and you've had a full day. And yeah, you just, it's the best sleep, and food. Yeah. Food doesn't oh. taste better than after skiing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and you can justify the calories because you've burnt them off. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> That's great. Oh, good. You're an avid, avid snow lover. I love
0: That's it. Good to yeah. Know. So with the uh, you mentioned your your mentorship side of your business yes. too what is how did that start was that in between the nursery and vo or is that no. something that's still go ongoing yeah totally
1: like? it's it, it's ongoing so i left when i sold the nursery i kind of left the whole business world um and 2020 hit i decided i was going to take a couple of months off and then work out what i wanted to do and then of course COVID, the pandemic hit, the whole world had taken, you know, a year or whatever off. So I embraced it, took some time out. You know, you never really get a chance to take time out. Um, then my mum fell ill and I was flying back and forth uh, to Northern Ireland to help care for her. She passed away at the end of 2020. So the beginning of 21, I thought, I felt like I just really wanted to help people. And I know that sounds really cheesy, um, but it, it was... It came from a real place of of authenticity. Like I, I genuinely wanted to. I think I, when I took a step back, and I looked at my career and I looked at the nursery and I, as a business, the the mistakes that I made, um, that I, you know, it was all learning. I wouldn't change any of it, but I think, of course, there were a couple of things. I know mean, there were definitely things I would do differently. How about I was if I was able to share that with, with somebody who didn't make the same mistakes that I made and made more money than I made, mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great to pass that learning on? So um so I set up a, a consultancy initially, um, and I got my first client, was a local businessman, and then I got another client, and then I got another client, and I, I was doing consultancy because it, it I fell back on it because it was something that I could do really quickly with my eyes shut. But after a few months, I felt like I wasn't being challenged. I was doing all the stuff that I used to do when I was doing uh, before the nursery. Um, but gradually, clients that were coming to me knew how to do the do. They didn't need me to go and do the do. They just needed me to coach them. So I started doing coaching, um, showing them how to do the do. And then, I guess, by a twist of fate or... By just I guess, by the way, my clients progressed, the coaching then turned into mentoring, and so it became more of a guy a guiding advisory role, and I honestly think i I feel like I've landed, I feel like this is where I am supposed to be, and I love the mentoring because i feel i'm i am I'm getting real impact i'm I'm impacting people's lives and and businesses and I'm seeing real change whereas as a a consultant I was doing that so it's very very different when Mm -hmm. a little bit more transactional
0: where a consultant can come in you get your fee and then you you, you're around for that contracted time and then
1: yeah yeah that that's exactly it and and I love people and with the mentoring I feel like I'm really part of their personal life as well as their as their business life. And um, and, and so kind of that's where I am. So in order to bolster my experience and I guess pursue that passion, uh, I joined the Dale Carnegie Institute you've Dale Carnegie's mm-hmm. American you've, you have wrote how to win friends and influence people um, and I trained to be a Dale Carnegie coach passed my exams last year which is brilliant congrats um, and thank you thank you and um very proud to be part of the Dale Carnegie family because I think it's I you know I really stand by the principles and employ them in my own life so so that's great and then I I know I'm really heavily involved with the association of business mentors the a b m and um, and I guess if from a creative point of view, voicing runs through my life, so helping people to find their voice, whether it 's through the mentoring or the coaching, and through the a b m the a b m is a is a body that really supports mentoring and gives the best advice. To the provision of mentoring for mentors and mentees, and helps mentors and mentees find their voice. So, um, so, kind of, so that I, I guess I've got the two revenue streams running hand in hand. Um, one is the mentoring and the coaching, which I absolutely love, uh, and the other is is the voiceover work, which is is new. I feel very new. It's super exciting, um, and I think. Isn't it great if you can do something that you absolutely love um and, and, and enjoy it? I mean, isn't that what life's all about? Just being yeah, happy a, and it's the biggest gift. And, and it's yeah, what it's,
0: what is what has been something that's been like the most unexpected part of, of jumping into the voiceover world for you? Because this is how long you've been in it, about a year now?
1: Well, I guess September last year. So, wow, so not I'm, even yet, yeah. No, you know, I'm very new. What's the biggest, what, sorry, the biggest what's been
0: Something that's been really unexpected for you in, in, since you've started this journey into building your voiceover business, what's been something that's like, oh, I didn't expect that, but that's, that's kind of lovely. Or, ooh, I don't know if I expected it to be that difficult.
1: Okay. So a couple of trains of thought, um, I didn't realize, well, I guess it's, two things. I didn't realise that it was as saturated as it is Mm -hmm. in the UK. There are lots of voiceovers. Um, but on the flip side, if I think of when I entered the marketing world, there were lots of brand managers and there were lots of product development people and there were lots of board directors and all of those things I, you know, I, I achieved. So there is room for me, I think. (laughs) Um, I think, I think there's a place for all of us. Um, so that's the first thing. I think the other thing that I, I've noticed is that it's a, a, probably a little bit concerning. Um, and but I'm intrigued at how. There are different ways of entering the voiceover industry, um, and I feel I've done it the right way. So having patience, being coached, yep. taking time, building the website, getting the reels done, investing in the studio. they are all milestones and tick boxes that I think that I feel are really important in order to make kind of an authentic um, journey. Um, But then, of course, you've got the Upworks and the Fivers and the other um, platforms where people are offering their voice and their services for next to nothing, which unfortunately lowers the value of of the marketplace. Um, So, yeah, and I guess what I'm also learning I actually got an offer of, of a, of a, of a, of a job, which was
0: brilliant last,
1: well, and I had to turn it down because through all the advice that I've had and all the learning that I've had, people have kept saying, if it says, if the contract says in perpetuity, you should kind of walk away. And and so I had to walk away. And so.
0: Well, congrats for that too. I mean, that's a big milestone too is having to turn down work and, and it's, it's not even just just walking away but starting that conversation with the client and a lot of i find more than narrating or doing any voicing it's it's educating clients Mm. on like okay this is actually why i'm 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 charging this for 30 minutes Mm because it's not just 30 minutes because it's going to play and there's been training over the years and it's building that expertise or this is why i can't do in perp Mm -hmm. work
1: and 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 Tim, that's been the biggest, sorry, actually, that's been my biggest learning. Starting off thinking, oh, well, I'll volunteer, I'll do this for free, I'll build up my portfolio. And that situation that happened last week, and then having advice from another voiceover who said to me, don't do this, because one, imprituity is forever. Mm-hmm. It can conflict with other projects that you're going to audition for, Um People in the industry see that you've gone for that role. Uh, it can affect, you know, all this stuff. And I think, wow, these are huge insights and huge learnings for me. So, I've. It's it's difficult and it's it's a hard cross to bear. But it's really important, I think, to really stand by what we believe in, and have self worth and know that yeah, there is room for me in the voiceover industry. And I am patient and I will hold on and wait for that that great. Edition and that great job. But um I'm really keen on exploring audiobooks mm. um and narration. So I think that's I'm gonna start focusing on that after I come back from skiing. Um I I, I really like the idea that I know it's hard work and uh, I know it's maybe not as lucrative as, you know, commercials and, and things like that. But
0: it is whatever you lots. want to make it and it's and it's yeah. it's just different. And that's one of the most fun things and one of the more surprising things that I've found in the five years that I've been doing this is just the, how each, so voiceover as a, as an industry is a very niche and, and specialized industry, even however saturated it may be. Um, but then within that industry, there's all these other small genre genres and and sub genres. And, and it's just like, really, you can really, really niche down and create a a beautiful business for yourself doing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what really, whatever, Um, but super important to explore that and, and, and continue training like you, like you've just come mm -hmm. out of the gates doing.
1: Mm -hmm. So you're now, you're five years in Tim. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you think to yourself, gosh, I wish I'd known that I, I might've started differently or I might've approached it differently or.
0: Yeah. I think honestly, the biggest part for me, because I had gotten, I started in 2018 is really when I like hit the ground running with, with stuff. And that, I wish I would have used the two years before the pandemic hit um, to build a little bit more in-person community. Just because at the time my wife and I were living in New York City, huge community there. I didn't even know really. And I was just kind of figuring stuff out on my own and mm-hmm. and not through any for any kind of prideful reasons. It was just that like, I was like, all right, I'm, if anybody's gonna make this happen, it's me. And I'm just gonna be like ruthlessly curious about how to how to how to get jobs in L.A. and New York and all the and then I was like oh then all these other markets too and learning the business side of things and so once I found community starting with the voice actors of New York City Facebook group, um, that really changed things for me because it, all of a sudden I had a I had resources of people who had made all the mistakes that I'd made um, and and are doing the same thing that you're doing through your mentorship. Of mm-hmm. just trying to prove, like smooth that journey out so it's not so bumpy at the beginning, mm-hmm. but I think that building mm-hmm. community uh, aspect is is super important.
1: Mm-hmm. And and that is one of the things I absolutely love. So being part of Richcraft, being part of you'll have heard of Wonderland, Bradshaw Wonderland View.
0: I haven't known. Being-
1: But Um, I'm also like
0: embarrassingly bad about like all of uh, (laughs) going to VO Atlanta made me see like, okay, I know like the names that I know, but then the other things that people are super involved in, I'm like, oh gosh, I feel like I should know this, but it's okay not to know. Yeah,
1: no, it's okay (laughs) not to know. It's it's a big, it's a big environment, isn't it? But yeah, so I feel there's a lovely kind of camaraderie ship, which I am really tapping into. So there is a lot of support out there. Um, And I love meeting people. And so having never liked networking, I'm actually really enjoying networking because I I don't see it as networking. I see it as just widening my circle, which is lovely, isn't it? You can never know too many people, can you? You can never have. But we've got One Voice happening in London in May, which is our big conference. Um, And so really looking forward to that because it's my first event. um, And I'm looking forward to, seeing all those people that have been sitting on zoom yep. or teams or webex and actually seeing them in real life so i'm yeah i'm i'm looking forward to that that'll I be hope, really good i
0: hope it's as wonderful for you as it was for me at vo atlanta because it was like I, it was just the, my favorite part about the whole experience and i talked about this with george novick who was on the show um before vo atlanta and after that mm-hmm. being able to meet all these people like you said that you've seen on your screen and that you think the world of and they're just the loveliest people on social media and then meeting them in person and they're even more lovely is just Mm -hmm. just to be able to like give somebody a hug or a fist bump and just sit for two hours and and talk and like you've done on the phone or on zoom or however you've communicated Mm -hmm. but it just is it's a really special like grounding experience in some ways Mm -hmm. of being like okay cool like I know I've had my like safety net of people but now I feel like it's like we really like have each other and we're mm-hmm. really rooting for each other. It's a different, it, there's, it, there's something different
1: about it. Mm-hmm. It is. isn't. it's great. Cause we all offer something unique, right? We all have a different voice, different tone, different warmth. We approach reads differently. So there is a place for all of us, I think.
0: Yeah. Everybody's got a great voice and, and mm. it's just a matter of whether or not you have, you're able to, whether you want this to be a side gig or mm-hmm. a career and you just mm-hmm. have to be able to execute, be patient um, force yourself to be patient saying that for myself as much as I am for anybody else who mm-hmm. needs to hear it. And mm-hmm. and you just keep going, keep learning new things yeah. and, and trying new things out.
1: Yeah. I mean, my goal is for it to be 100% my yeah. full-time role, but you know what you do, you sometimes you do got to run things parallel until, until that happens.
0: Yeah. Or something in my case, it became full-time and then I decided to add, <laughs> add more things add more. to it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nikki, thank you so much for taking oh, this much time to come and hang out and, and for reaching out lovely. to, it, it's been so wonderful to connect with you and and if you ever need anything going forward or have any questions or, you know, you're, you're in my circle now. So any, anybody I thank know, you, you know, and um, I'm just thank happy you, to Tim. help and, and so excited that you're in the industry now and you're doing thank it. Thank
1: you. That's cool. And if you're ever over in the UK, I think you should do, you should do like a, a, a fireside chat with Tim Heller I oh you should gosh. have you should I do an event
0: I'm I'm running out of excuses not to be I've never been to the uk before and now i've got uh, a growing list of friends and clients over there so I, i'm i'm very quickly them. running out of excuses not to yeah. be there for a minute um well you before i cut you, loose, love to have you oh i'm and yeah and i'm a huge football fan too so my i, I have oh. to go and that's that's <laughs> how my geography of the uk has been learned is just by clubs around. manchester
1: <laughs> liverpool chelsea yeah yep, i
0: was like brighton i know brighton
1: oh, Brighton. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs>
0: Um, well, before I cut you loose, I've got uh, a couple of quick fire questions for you, so this is just like try to think as little <clears throat> as possible on it, whatever's top of the noggin comes to mind first. Wow, okay, okay. all right, uh, who inspires you right now
1: uh, Oh my gosh, who inspires me right now? Um, oh. Who or where do you draw
0: inspiration me? whether it's on a run or uh sitting down to work
1: oh i know, sorry who who completely inspires me right now is someone who doesn't know that they've got me through my long runs every sunday for the last four months and that's steve bartlett okay awesome you know that's steve great. bartlett i do I so do. um uh, another podcast, Um yeah, his, diary his show's great. Uh, uh, honestly, Diary of a CEO.
0: Talk about a um, great voice, too. Oh my god, I
1: know. And he's so humble and so modest and so mm-hmm. noble, um, and he inspires. The reason why he inspires me is because, um, and this is something I mentioned to you when we first chatted a couple of weeks back, which I think you know you both do really well. Is that you've got people from all different genres and backgrounds, and you know you talk about lots of different things. Uh, Steve on Sunday, he had Chris Williamson and it, and I've listened to it three times hmm. because I find it's almost like I feel like I need to sit down with a pen and paper and take notes. It is that inspiring, it is intriguing. things land for me, it really makes me think about things and question things it makes me go and look things up yeah. um so if I could afford to have a mentor, it'd be Stephen Parker. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> if you're not already listening to Diary of a CEO, you should. It's it's. Oh, I, I yeah. like to have. I have very few podcasts in rotation just because I don't have a whole lot of time to just leave it on in the background. But since moving down to Texas, we have time in the car, which is fantastic. And so it's mm-hmm. just getting back to listening. I've got my purely for entertainment podcast that I listen to inspiration podcast list. And that's that's on there. Um, uh, what's a, so I guess that could feed into the next question. What's a piece of content you can't get enough of right now, which is it could be a podcast, could be a TV show, could be a book. But
1: um, a diary of a CEO, definitely, yeah. I think. Podcasts in general, um, have become a huge part of my life because as I watch TV less and less and less, because there's nothing on there that's interesting, um, and as I'm running and I'm outside more, and even just you know going around the house doing domestic chores, headphones in, podcast on. Yep. I've been listening to lots of podcasts on Voiceover, and um, there's one in the UK. How do you say that? With I um, heard of Samantha- that one, No. Samantha Buffon it's it's really good and they have lots of different guests so learning about voiceover and just being inspired generally personal development are are, are big things for me so that doesn't kind of specifically answer your question it does but,
0: enough it's podcasts in general and and diary of a ceo obviously yeah it's, it's I'm, I'm,
1: Tim I'm always learning yeah I'm always learning and I'm always recommendations for books um I've got a book at the moment which I'm just about to start called Four Thousand Weeks. Okay. And it was one of the New York bestsellers. Um, and it's basically on average, we have 4,000 weeks in our life. So, how do you want to use them? So, yeah. that's my next big inspiration. So, I'm looking forward to it. And actually, it was mentioned on the Steve Bartlett podcast oh, by well, Chris fantastic. Williamson. So, Full there circle. you go. So, it's a it's just, you see Messages, messages come to you when you need them. Dropped in your lap it's, as you need it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Uh, third question is, what is a nickname you had as a kid?
1: Uh, oh, gosh, it might offend some people. Um, I had two. I had Nicky Noodles. <laughs> and then I had Specky Four Eyes because I wore glasses. I mean, how cruel. <laughs> That's how brutal. cruel are children? Not, just,
0: not just Four Eyes, but Specky Four Eyes. That specky The addition of Specky is yeah. really a, a yeah. pro insult. So whoever started calling you that.
1: I know it's a. Uh, when you look, I mean, I do think kids can be quite cruel sometimes. Yep. But um, yeah, I don't think they. I don't think it could get away with saying it now. It's just so I offensive.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they could. I'm sure maybe out on the playground.
1: But, well, but you know, wearing glasses is cool now. So. I know,
0: I know. I grew up in the wrong. I mean, I me wearing glasses will never be cool because I've got like the thick, thick prescription, blind as a bat. Um, yeah. <laughs> well last okay, that was uh, a quick a fire question, question okay. is um you can only have pizza one last time where from what's on it and there's no dietary repercussions if you have okay anything.
1: okay so pizza express thin base um pepperoni american extra hot with um lots of cheese
0: hell yeah love it simple
1: I do actually like tuna and banana, and I know it sounds really weird.
0: Tuna and okay, and banana. On. Whoa! Oh, on a pizza.
1: It's... Mm-hmm. Try what, it.
0: Is it like canned tuna or is it like ahi tuna? Like, oh like
1: gosh. The... It... Probably canned. <laughs> it's probably it's probably
0: canned. <laughs> no, I mean tuna if I was to
1: get banana on pizza, I have... try.
0: Okay. Please I mean, I it. will, I will 100% try it. I just don't know where the hell I'm going to find that or I'll probably it, just have to make it my own.
1: Do it yourself. Do it yourself. But um, I have years ago, I did actually ask pizza express and they made it for me.
0: Okay. Um, Let's just break where, this down anatomically you, <laughs> because I want to, I want to know <laughs> what I, I'm going to I'll do tell you those. where it
1: came from. Do it. It came from, there was a TV ad years ago and I can't remember. I'm talking maybe 30 years ago. And it was about a lady being pregnant and her husband asked her what she wanted on her pizza and she said tuna and banana. And it was because she was pregnant, she was having these cravings. Well, of course, me being curious, curious Nikki, I went off to try and discover what this tasted like and um, it's it's pretty good. So actually, I'm going to change it. That would be my last pizza. Thin crisp, tuna and banana.
0: And is it like red sauce? Red sauce, tuna, banana? No!
1: No sauce. What? Oh, oh! The, the tomato piece that you have, generally uh-huh. in a pizza, cheese on top, tuna and banana. Wow! I'm in- I'm intri- like terrified I'm to and hear.
0: so excited.
1: Do you promise me you're going to have it this weekend?
0: Uh, this weekend, I don't know, but I will. I I will. I promise <laughs> right now that I am going to. I will make that.
1: Oh my okay. God. My I wife will see watch
0: on in pictures. horror. That she'll will, love it.
1: It's, I'm writing she'll
0: love down. it wow tuna, tuna banana done
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad I could I, I've broadened your horizons you have I feel to,
0: so much more cultured now that I'm broadened thinking. your world
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god lovely to talk to you Tim
0: yeah you too Nikki lovely thank you so much to for you. doing this thank I'll you, talk so to you much. Again soon. okay thank you dear listener for hanging out with us for this episode of second cup with my friend Nikki McReynolds to stay up to date with everything that she has going on on her voiceover career, you can follow her at voice underscore like underscore velvet. And to get in touch or stay abreast of what's going on with the mentorship and coaching that she offers, you can follow her at guiding underscore with underscore wisdom. To find her demos and more information about her voiceover career, you can go to her website, www.nmrvoices.com. Thank you, as always, to the Second Cup team. Behind the scenes, we have Tara Seuss, Auberth Bercy, Saring Sharma, and Julius Shepard Morgan. If you've enjoyed this episode of Second Cup or any of the previous 40-something episodes that we've produced, uh, please consider leaving us a like, a comment, share with a friend. Uh, Leave a review if you are listening through a podcast platform. Every little bit of engagement helps the show a ton. Stay tuned for the next episode of Second Cup for another amazing conversation with somebody really cool. Uh, Bye-bye now.